wondered how do you measure the brightness of your light for Christ. What's happening today with too many Christians who are losing, I think, their focus on what Christ has called us to be. They're measuring their light against how dark it is. We're not to measure our light that way. We measure our light against the brightness of His character regardless of how dark it is around us. Every now and then I do little hunting, and I sometimes forget and leave a flashlight on in my pocket. And uh, when I need it at night to find my way around wherever I'm at, it is amazing how the dimmest of lights look bright in the darkest of nights. If you're measuring the light against the darkness, I urge you this morning to not measure the way your life is lit out in the light of His holiness by how dark the culture is around us. Do not measure holiness by the standard of the culture. Measure it by the character of the Savior. John, have that in mind. Turn to First John chapter 1. John talking to his little children. To whom he wrote the letter of First John was clear. First John chapter 1. This is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. Pilots okay to watch this movie because you want to see what the guys I used to do in high school watch. Doesn't matter. If I would do this, even though we signed this thing at school, we do this. You want to hear what the people I graduated from high school are doing now, whether they're at UCLA or USC or UCLine or wherever. My son, our oldest, is now married. Which you must have gone to Colorado and Green, that's nicknamed for Sodom and Gomorrah. It got so bad in his first year there, he lived in the dormitory, and his mother and I lay awake every night, wondering what would happen next to the things that he was being exposed to. He had drunks out always, he had guys come into his room and throw up on him, he got to the wrong room at four in the morning drunk. He drug him out of the hallways, he drug him out of the bathrooms. Finally, even at that university, the people in charge of the dormitories, because marijuana was so strong in the hallways, had to stop and have a meeting that was required in attendance and told the freshmen that entered the year my son entered, you don't have to get all your partying in in the first year. But you see, some Christians in that dormitory thought they were like Jesus walking on water. Because they were measuring the brightness of the light of their supposed holy conduct by how bad and dark things were around them. Even in my son's own Bible study, one guy arrested for DUI, driving under the influence of alcohol. His response was, well, I wasn't as drunk as the guys in the back seat. Please understand. Our forefathers spiritually flourished 
are not incredible adverse governments that were perverse and immoral beyond description because they didn't measure the brightness of old living by how rotten and dark their culture was. But by the standard of the person of Christ. Be careful, my dear young friends. You will be tempted to measure your holiness and the brightness of your light for him. By how dark it is around you. I urge you, don't be there. Because as the culture continues and it appears that it will to spiral downward, your light will just actually be getting dimmer, not brighter. Do you understand very clearly this morning that you need to be sure that you communicate the gospel? That's why all forefathers flourished. They did not came in to see beginning with Augustus, the one who demanded the census, that got Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. Beginning with him, emperors were considered deities. Now they think they're that now, but they're not. Athletic stars think they're that now, but they're not. People in entertainment think they are gods, but they're not. But in this day, those in office believe that they were deities and you should worship them, and the way you worship them was by being a good citizen. All forefathers did not cave into them. They did not modify the gospel so they could avoid sounding like heretics because the religion of Rome after Augustus was emperor worship. And if you didn't worship the emperor and you presented someone else to worship, you were not only a heretic, but you were a rebel against the Roman cause and government. You see, there are other gospels out there. And many people today sense the need with cultural pressure on to modify. Uh, in this series that I've done at our church currently when we were first doing it about the nature of people and what they do, that they're sinners by nature, and they sin as an expression of their nature, you should read my mail. That Pastor Tommy's up. <laughs> they were three years old and I'm slapping around and get that. Now that's why people learn. Well, never put the bubble away to sin, and put the banking on it, and, and now they chase the white people. It's a pinky problem. But this is not a pinky problem. It is not a pinky problem, it is not a bubble problem. It's a bad problem. Sin, you see? All the forefathers spiritually in the book of Acts did not step back from that. You read the message of Peter. In Acts 2. You read Paul's defense before Agrippa. Before Lord himself will hold and yell at that time, possibly Paul's at least freedom if not his life in his hands. And yet when he got through explaining to that man about sin and repentance, he said to him, almost not the slightest me to believe in the talk of these matters of you. Be sure you're certain about the gospel. There are other gospels, Galatians 1, 6, and 7. But what is the gospel? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul summarizes for the crazy, confused Corinthians, Californians, what the gospel is. What's 
see our spiritual forefathers started in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Did they share the gospel with people who knew in fact the accusation on that day was they were drunk? And as you watch the book of Acts unfold, you can outline it with Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Slowly but surely they moved. Even the apostle Paul did not graduate to big missionary journeys until he had been kept at home for a while to teach. Even work with the people of the church in Antioch. You and I need to be careful. Because in our circles of influence, we think that we can be more of an impact elsewhere than we are where we're at right now. Please tell me, without speaking out loud, that you've shared the gospel verbally with everyone in your family. Please tell me that. Tell me why today Christian families grieve no end because their children do not follow in the faith of their mom and dad and in fact, the lifeless nickel heart ground for cults or people who are second generation Christians. We're not going to change anything if we can't change our own house. Some of you are married, some of you are looking forward to that day. Please tell me you're going to make it an absolute priority that that child that God gives you or children will hear from mom and dad first, foremost, and finally, the gospel. And then you young men in this room, you won't leave it up to your wife to do. But you will take leadership in that, and your children will actually believe that Jesus Christ lives, and they ought to hear what you have to say because of the way you live. Sacrifice for your wives, Ephesians 5. The way your wives submit to your husbands. Are we taking the gospel to those cults before we go forth? Or do we believe that somehow by flying and going overseas to another culture that we'll do better what we've not done well? Our spiritual forefathers started turning their local world upside down. Let me ask you this morning. You just answer to yourself. In the last few months since school started, with whom have you shared your faith? Well, so what I should tell you now, the missions they last week, and the world is still to be able to talk to a couple of them on the road. And, uh, it was a joyful experience to watch the world with power and all the other things, but we'll be able to do it. I'm talking just about the people you run into, the people you know who are Christians. You see, in the life of a Christian, you should have people who aren't Christians. They're friends. It should be in time you have Christian friends. Not given the fact that I want to mention you are a people. I've got four people I'm praying for now, and one lost, one lost heart based death. But I will know I'm running to. I want to see them come to Christ in 1997. I can't go anywhere else. I can't stand up in a pulpit week after week and talk to people about sharing their faith. Unless I share it. I'm a shepherd, but I'm also a sheep.
Thank you. 